You are listening to The Bouquet Toss, the podcast dedicated to uncovering where wedding trends and traditions come from to empower couples everywhere to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to them. This show is hosted by the budget-savvy bride herself, Jessica Bishop, along with me, Sari Wienerman, her Real Weddings editor. We've got a ton of fun stuff to unpack with you today, so before you get cold feet, let's dive right in. Welcome back to another episode of The Bouquet Toss. We're so excited to be talking all about a super fun tradition today, one that I would say a lot of couples maybe look forward to more than the wedding itself. And that is the honeymoon. Yes, I'm so excited. I mean, the thought of going on a romantic getaway with your new spouse, tuning out the rest of the world. Personally, it sounds like pure bliss to me, especially right now at this moment in history. But for those of you who have wondered about how this tradition came about, there are a few different tales here to take into account. So let's jump in and explore them. A little disclaimer, the honeymoon tradition seems to be a little bit dark. (laughs) Definitely fits the mold of those other sort of archaic wedding traditions, right? Yeah, for sure. I was definitely intrigued by what we found out here. Let's just get into some of these facts. So the idea of a honeymoon dates all the way back as far as the 5th century in a number of European cultures. And at that time, they measured time through moon cycles, which I think we may have some fans of moon cycles now who might be really into this. But couples were presented with a month's worth of alcohol, of mead it's called. It's an alcoholic honey wine to drink. And so because they measured time in moon cycles, it was believed that they had from the wedding day until the end of that moon cycle to basically binge on this wine the idea being it would bring them to the point of being sexually intimate and keep in mind at this time women were being married off to men there was often negotiations happening between families we talked about this a bit on the episode about bridal parties but this was around the time when a woman was basically captured by the men and his groomsmen. You can imagine that the idea of this love having grown before the wedding didn't really exist. Yikes, yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. The term honeymoon came out of this concept of literally it's a moon's worth of honey wine. So maybe the bride actually needed that alcohol to feel comfortable being with her uh, new husband. Who knows? Exactly. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. That's one version. But we've also seen that in around the mid-18th century, the Samuel Johnson's Dictionary defined honeymoon as the first month of marriage when it's bliss. It's, you know, there's nothing but tenderness and pleasure is what it says. And... This still had some sort of tie to the moon cycle because it implied that their affections would wane with the moon. So like during that moon cycle, they would be extra in love. But then towards the end, when the honeymoon phase ended, it would sort of go back to normal. Yeah. I mean, that plays into that idea of like, oh, you're still in the honeymoon phase, which. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Right, which I'm sure we've said, I've referenced to that term. I never knew what that meant. Yeah, same, me either. 
I think we just accept that it's vernacular that we use to describe relationships, but this is actually something that comes from this tradition, which is so interesting. Right, like a very specific reason why it was named this particular thing. Right. For me, I think about, you know, oh yeah, like we're still in the honeymoon phase or like we still consider ourselves newlyweds or whatever, you know, when you're still in that very wrapped up in love and the tingly kind of emotions (laughs) of everything. But yeah, it takes on a whole new meaning when you start to learn like where it actually came from. Right. We have another piece of research here that we found. According to the wedding historian Susan Wagoner, she says that the honeymoon dates from the days of marriage by capture, which is what we were referencing earlier. So basically after snatching his bride, the groom took her away to a secret location where basically her family couldn't come and get her. And (laughs) right. And the family would either give up the search when the bride came back or was pregnant. Wow. And at that point when she was pregnant, that meant this was it. Like she, was, she wasn't coming back to her family. She was spoiled goods by that point, right? She couldn't be returned. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's bring it a little bit lighter, right? So we clearly know that marriage by capture, well, you know what? This is actually a bit problematic even to say, but at least typically in the Western tradition, marriage by capture is not the norm, thankfully. Thankfully. Uh, And, you know, we can say that being based in the U.S. and in the U.K., but the honeymoon ritual still lived on. So even though the groom was no longer like doing these Truly, they call it abduction. There was still belief that moon cycle after the wedding was still like a really important time. Right. And I think, you know, today, obviously, as time has gone on and people, especially in the Western world, are marrying for love and in a mutually agreed upon decision that they've adopted the honeymoon as a tradition to celebrate and languish that post-wedding glow. Right. This can help us remember how lucky we are to live in a society where the cultural norm has definitely shifted to this idea of a mutual love, uh, a mutual agreement, something that both parties are typically actually interested in. We're lucky to be able to say that we live that way right now. For sure. So we obviously know honeymoons are a big part of the wedding planning process because we look forward to getting to take that honeymoon. Apparently, among couples who choose a traditional wedding, 99% take a honeymoon. And that's practically everybody. I'm curious to know what exactly is meant by a traditional wedding. Yeah, I think it means that it's a legal wedding. Or a celebration that includes guests, I would say, and not just like an elopement. Mm -hmm. That's my assumption. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like elopements often build a honeymoon into the elopement. Yeah, and I think that's becoming super, super popular choice for a lot of couples these days. Yeah, you go somewhere... Or maybe travel from a few different places, and at one of those spots, you do the thing, exchange your vows, say I do, and then you kind of can work a bit of a vacation travel moment into the rest of the time. 
Absolutely. Get more bang for your buck, especially if you're going, you know, out of the country. Right. Speaking of going out of the country, we've got a list here of the most popular honeymoon destinations. Would you be surprised to know that Hawaii is the top popular destination? That's not that surprising to me. My parents went to Hawaii. Did they? I have been twice, actually, both times when I was in high school. And it is Ooh. it is beautiful, but I have never been there in a romantic getaway honeymoon fashion. Yeah. I've heard some stories about it from my parents, and it seems like it was the thing many couples were doing. And obviously today, they still do. Yep. So other places that are popular destinations are Florida, California, and Nevada. Within the United States, yeah. Within the United States. Overseas destinations are Mexico, Jamaica, the Bahamas, Italy, St. Lucia, and France. And I know that one of the benefits of Hawaii is getting that tropical island vibe without needing a passport to leave the U.S., especially if you're a couple in the States. But another really popular one that I actually left off this list was the U.S. Virgin Islands for the same reason, because you don't need a passport to go there. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it's beautiful, too. Have you been? Yeah. I went to all three islands of the U.S. Virgin Islands. It's St. Croix, St. Thomas, and St. John. All stunning. Really, really beautiful. Great food. Yeah, loved it. That's awesome. So if you are considering a honeymoon destination, (laughs) maybe consider the Virgin Islands. Yes, the U.S. Virgin Islands. Because then there's also the British Virgin Islands. So don't get it twisted. Don't confuse it. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, another thing that we found is that 10% of newlyweds go on a cruise to celebrate their honeymoon. I have to be honest, that sounds like a nightmare to me. Really does it? Why? I mean, I've never been on a cruise personally, but I don't think I'm a cruise person. I think I don't like being around people that much. I don't know. (laughs) That is absolutely fair. I think that maybe the benefit of it is that you can hit a bunch of destinations because the cruise will stop and port in a few of different places so you got to maybe do a bit more within that time well it's also a super affordable way to travel to and like you said see different locations because a lot of times especially the ones in the caribbean they stop at a bunch of different small islands different countries even so you can see a lot for a pretty affordable rate we recently featured a wedding that was a disney cruise wedding i mean this was already over a year or so ago but the entire thing like the wedding and the honeymoon all combined all happened over the disney cruise yeah and that's a popular thing that disney organizes for people disney weddings are like a whole separate niche in themselves that is true i think it's cool it's really whatever feels right to you i'm not a cruise person but if you are that's great yeah and you may not even take a honeymoon so there's no pressure to even do it at all, right? I personally recommend it. I think it's needed, if I'm being honest. I mean, hopefully, like, your wedding experience and the planning process is calm and simple and stress-free. Like, we try to help couples get to that place while they're planning their weddings. But I think for most people, they need that time off together to reconnect and really, like, establish those memories as a couple at the start of their marriage. I think the honeymoon is an incredible time. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense why more than 75% of newlyweds go on their honeymoon within that first week of getting married. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes the most sense because it's just immediately after the fact. But I also know that 
it's becoming more common for, especially this year, like in light of the pandemic and everything, a lot of couples have had to put their plans on hold, or maybe they ended up having to just elope at the courthouse or have a small backyard ceremony and couldn't go on the original trip of a lifetime they may have been planning. And so maybe they did a little mini, a mini moon or Airbnb weekend getaway and will cash in on that big trip when things are a bit more settled down. That has become super popular to do like a mini moon right away and then a bigger one at some point later, which can often be helpful for couples working with a budget because it gives you a little bit more time to save up for like the bigger honeymoon. Absolutely. Yeah. So the importance of taking that time is something that I think we should keep harping on. Honeymoons can look like all different things. They come in all different shapes and sizes from average to budget savvy to luxury. There's so many different ways to do it. But if you really break down what it's meant for and what it can do for you as a couple, it's really just about having that time together after this huge big thing because you know I'd imagine you're planning your wedding there's so many details and especially right now having to coordinate with guests or anything like that and so taking that stress off and just being like the two of you and you're married I mean that's so beautiful yeah I do think taking that intentional time to connect and relax together and refocus on like the commitment you just made and just let off some steam after what's been like a crazy lead up is so crucial Yeah. And, you know, letting off steam looks different for every couple. You know, what exactly do people do on their honeymoon? Well, there's a lot of things. You can have like an adventure type of honeymoon with lots of hiking or depending on where you are, maybe scuba diving or skydiving or something fun like that. Or adrenaline junkies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that would be me. (laughs) But other people really want to just totally relax and do like a couple's massage or spend time in the sun. There's even a lot of wellness-centered honeymoons now with all different types of wellness activities, which sounds super rejuvenating. For sure. I think we could all use a little bit of that right now. (laughs) But what comes along with this could be a little bit of pressure to feel like this is the time to have the trip of a lifetime. Like this is the excuse to go all in on the most luxury vacation that you and your partner will ever have. And it totally depends on what your financial situation is. Oh, a thousand percent. You you can achieve this on so many different budgets, right? Yeah. I mean, it all depends on what you're looking for, what you guys enjoy doing together, what is going to be the most relaxing or rejuvenating or, you know, whatever you have in mind. And then also based on what you can realistically afford. And that is a great reason why couples maybe want to spread out the wedding from the big honeymoon when it comes to budgeting they might not want all of the expense at the same time so they can spread it out at two different points and that helps them budget for those separately we found some interesting statistics about it but 14 percent of the wedding budget typically goes to the honeymoon that's an interesting framework to think about when you're looking at your total budget how much money you would have to allocate to it but then also 62 percent of couples pay for their own honeymoon So there's different ways to cover those expenses. But something that I think has been a really cool trend is the Honey Fund. Absolutely. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. Can you explain more about it? Yeah, for sure. So 
There's a lot of different options out there, but Honey Fund in particular is, I think, was the first to market. And it is basically a cash and experience gifting registry. And guests can contribute funds toward your trip of a lifetime. And with Honey Fund, I know you can specify specific outings or adventures or excursions that you want to do on your trip, uh, hotel nights, spa treatments dinners out, you can get as specific or as general as you want. And your guests can just contribute money directly through their platform. And it's a great way to fund that amazing trip of your dreams without having to delay it if you don't want to do it down the line. Yeah, I think that for a lot of couples who maybe already have a lot of those typical gifts that might be on a registry, this could be a really great option because the people that are coming to your wedding are likely wanting to gift something, you know, so why not have it allocate towards this awesome trip for you? Yeah, I think today's couples are getting married a little bit later in life than in previous generations. And so individuals are a bit more established, or maybe they've been living together for a while and already have a toaster and sheets and towels and everything that they need for their home. And so they would rather have their guests contribute to a honeymoon or sometimes a down payment on a home or even a charity really. But with a site like Honey Fund, it's really flexible. So you can gather the donations from your guests and use it as you wish. Such a great option. I love it. You know that at the Budget Savvy Bride, we love helping you save money on your big day. But what if you need funds to make your honeymoon happen? Start with Honey Fund. Honey Fund has helped more than a million couples receive cash to make their dream honeymoons happen. You can also receive funds for the wedding budget, down payments on a home, or any kind of savings goal, even the unexpected. Visit thebudgetsavvybride.com slash honeyfund to get a free copy of Honey Fund's guide to 2021 weddings and honeymoons and start your Honey Fund today. One of the things that I thought was super interesting about the stats that we found was that American couples in particular spend three times as much on their honeymoon as they would like a typical vacation. So obviously that means that a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on their honeymoon. And so they see it as like you were saying, that trip of a lifetime and maybe the most expensive trip they might ever go on. Right. We also found some average honeymoon costs, which we always like to say, remember, take them with a grain of salt. Averages are truly averages and they will mean different things to different couples. But the average cost of a honeymoon is $4,466. And the average cost of a luxury honeymoon, which accounts for 15% of the market, They spend an average of $9,950 on the honeymoon. Wow, it's almost double. Yeah, almost double. It also says that the average honeymoon is seven days long, which makes sense. You're going to take that big trip, really take that trip. Yeah, make it at least a week. Yeah. There's a lot of different trends that have come up for honeymoons recently. So I thought we'd talk about some of these. 
One of them being YOLO honeymoons, <laughs> uh, which I love. So obviously YOLO, you only live once. And this kind of aligns with that big trip, spending three times as much as you might on a regular vacation. But a lot of travel agents even use this term that couples are wanting this YOLO experience. So they're longer, more exotic, more expensive, more secluded, places that might have been considered out of reach for a typical vacation becomes like in the YOLO category. I think it's becoming more and more common. I'm seeing, and not just because of the pandemic, but even before restrictions got put into place, but couples are opting for like smaller, more pared down weddings because they have that thirst for an experience, something that they've never done before and experiencing something new and creating new memories with their new spouse, it doesn't get better than that. You just build upon that library of memories that you have together that you'll be thinking about for the rest of your lives. You've kind of mentioned it in previous episodes, but there's such a huge buildup to the wedding. And so I think having that thing to look forward to after helps you not feel disappointed by the actual day. Does that make sense? Yeah. The excitement doesn't have to end after your wedding day. Then you get to go on a trip together with your new spouse and create more memories and kind of relish in that post-marital glow and bliss together. <laughs> you know, obviously YOLO honeymoons have become a big trend, but the other direction are road trips and camper van honeymoons. Oh, like glamping. Um, yeah. Many couples choose to get a big caravan or a big truck or a big car, and you can visit a bunch of destinations along the way. So like a popular destination for this would be California to drive on Highway 1 on the California coast through Route 66. There's so many different stops along the way. Um, so especially if you're like an East Coast couple and you've never been out West, that could be a really fun idea. Absolutely. And then, of course, a backpacking type of trip in Europe honeymoon is a great time for doing something like that mm -hmm. if you're a, you know an adventure couple an adventure couple <laughs> but something that I love that we found is that um, and I didn't know this but volunteer honeymoons is something that's growing as a trend as well this is a chance for couples to share their good fortune with others by volunteering and doing charity work for an organization and volunteerism is spreading to honeymoons wow. so you go somewhere as a tourist but you do volunteer work which i think that's such a beautiful thing it is that is very selfless and awesome a really cool way to combine that honeymoon period with your loved one, but with doing something that's giving back. It's really cool. Well, and I think especially a great bonding experience with your partner and doing something for others together. I mean, I just can't imagine how impactful that could be on your relationship and just kind of setting the tone for what you want to accomplish together. Honestly, it speaks a lot about your shared values as a couple. So I really love that. I do too, which is funny that the next one that we have here is actually kind of the opposite, which is buddy moons. Have you heard of this? What? So apparently a recent study found that one in five newlyweds are no longer honeymooning by themselves. They choose to take a friend or close family member or maybe parents on the trip and have a group vacation almost rather than just and and you know of course they spend time together just the two of them but buddy moons is apparently a thing 
I'm going to have to say no to that one. That's a no from me, dog. <laughs> We're officially tossing that one out. Yeah, I think so. It's different if it's with a group of friends, but I, I think it's important to have your alone time for your honeymoon. Obviously, you have hopefully many years together with your families to do family vacations, but you know, just my opinion. I feel comfortable tossing that one as well. Yeah. I think even with like the volunteer honeymoons, amazing for any couple who wants to do that. But I think you should also wrap it up at the end with something relaxing and luxurious together to reward yourself for your good work. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, like all of the things that we talk about on these episodes, it's about making it work for you. Their traditions, their trends for a reason, but making them fit into what you and your partner see as fitting for you guys, that's the most important. You know, we say tailor the tradition to suit you. So like you're saying, if to you the honeymoon tradition does really mean that quality relaxing time, then of course, figure out how to work that into it and you kind of get both out of it the best of both worlds you can have it all you definitely can have it all i think that a big part of having it all is making sure that up front in your wedding planning process you're thinking about the honeymoon plans that way you can really figure out how your budget is gonna play out and where you're gonna be able to spend maybe that means having like a pared down as you said a micro wedding and then an epic honeymoon or maybe it's the really big wedding with a mini moon and then a second honeymoon at a later point. Either way, it's something that we would encourage to start thinking about right at the beginning of the planning process, right? Yeah, absolutely. Another thing too that I think bears mentioning in relation to honeymoons is taking advantage of travel rewards credit cards. Personally, so smart. I'm a big points person. <laughs> Tell us more. Teach us your ways. Oh my goodness. I actually have a whole ebook about it, which I wasn't even thinking about mentioning, but it totally makes sense. It's called uh, The Budget Savvy Honeymoon, apropos, right? <laughs> but it's budgetsavvyhoneymoon.com and it's an ebook that talks about different ways that you can earn reward points by using rewards credit cards throughout your wedding planning process, even suggesting the different vendors and services that you can put on credit cards in order to earn the rewards that you need to take that honeymoon of your dreams. And it really can work for you, even if you're spending as little as a few thousand dollars on your credit card to get a new card signup bonus to earn the points that you need for your flights that could save you significantly. There's so many different ways to hack the system, I guess. And some people would call it travel hacking, but I realize that hacking has a bit of a negative connotation to it. But really, it's just using rewards that you can earn via the spending that you're doing anyway. That is so important. And I do think that's a skill to learn how to do that. So please tell us again where we can find this Budget Savvy Honeymoon ebook because how amazing to be able to, even maybe before you're planning a wedding, start racking up those rewards. That's a great way to use them. Absolutely. So again, the website is budgetsavvyhoneymoon.com. And I definitely agree. I personally put practically everything I spend on a credit card that I pay off every month. It does take discipline. It does take a good handle on your finances. It's not something I would necessarily recommend if you already have credit card debt. But if you are in like a stable place and you have a good handle on your budget and you're able to pay off your card in full every month. It's a great way to earn rewards that can help you go where you want to go and cut some of that cost off for you. Budget savvy bride. <laughs> so important. I think that's awesome. We'll link that in the show notes too, because that is a huge part of honeymooning. For sure. So 
we already kind of talked about, would you keep it or toss it? But in terms of the honeymoon itself, I think I know you're going to say keep it. Absolutely keep it. A thousand percent keep it. I would I would toss the wedding before the honeymoon at this point, to be honest. <laughs> uh-huh, I do hear that. Absolutely. Especially right now. It's just a lot. I mean, obviously, there's memories to be made at your wedding, but the ones that you'll make with your spouse on your honeymoon are the ones you'll remember forever. So I have like a dream honeymoon destination. Yeah. I feel like that's a question people ask. Like, I feel like I've been asked it actually a bunch, but I always know the answer right away. Like I know where I want to go. And I was surprised that it wasn't on the list. Really? Um, but Greece. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised it wasn't on the list as well. Right? It's on I my mean, bucket I've... list too. Is no. it? Mm-hmm. I've never been. Yeah, I've never been. I love Greek food. The pictures of Mykonos are oh so my goodness. beautiful. The water is just so blue. You're you're like, is that even real? Is that Photoshop? <sighs> right. It's so beautiful. And it is definitely a very popular one. Pin it to your vision board. Yeah. If I had to pick a place, I might also say Greece just because I've never been. But I did go to Italy last year with my mother and my aunt. And it was like, I want to live there forever. So I might even say Italy again, because I didn't get to go to the coastal part of Italy. So I'd like to explore that as well. Dream of dreams. My honeymoon would be a mix of Italy and Greece. Yeah, sounds pretty ideal. Well, let's close out with a fun wedding fact. We found that the most expensive honeymoon destination is the Maldives. You know, you can assume that any destination that requires multiple long hour flights and bungalows over crystal clear water, obviously it's going to be pretty pricey. Yeah. But in terms of those sort of destinations, the Maldives takes the cake. Gotcha. Didn't Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner go there on their honeymoon? Here I am with my pop culture donkey show. <laughs> we can always count on you for that. I love it. Oh my gosh. I am ridiculous. Uh, I mean, you'll obviously get some great pictures. Yeah. Anywhere with the overwater bungalow situation is kind of ideal, I think. I know that they have some in the Caribbean somewhere as well. I think like one of the Sandals resorts in the Caribbean has the overwater bungalow style too. So if you can't afford to go all the way to the Maldives, maybe check out something in the Caribbean. Always bringing us back to a budget savvy alternative. Thank you, Jess, for talking all about honeymoons with me today. I think like our listeners, we all want to go dream about laying on the beach in Greece or somewhere. So that's what I'm going to go do. Calgon, take me away. (laughs) If you're just getting started with planning your wedding, you absolutely have to pick up a copy of the Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer. This book has literally been described as the wedding planning Bible. No joke. The book is part workbook, part how-to guide, and it walks you through every single step of planning your big day. From laying the foundations for your wedding vision and budget, to checking off every detail along the way, The Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer will help you stay on track and on budget. And at only $7.99 on Amazon, you'll be sure to score tips and ideas that will save you thousands on your big day. Visit thebudgetsavvybride.com slash book to get your copy today. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss, a podcast brought to you by The Budget Savvy Bride, 
to empower couples to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to them. If you've had as much fun as we did, then please catch the bouquet as we toss it over to you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. If you're a bride-to-be looking for a little extra support, then join us in our private community to connect with brides like you. Our community helps to support one another while also sharing the free resources we provide via our website and this podcast. Visit community.thebudgetsavvybride.com to join. As always, stay true to you. We look forward to chatting again soon.